Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to DragonCast. Home of House of the Dragon. Gather your small council, send out your ravens, and call in your bannermen. I'm Hand of the King Jamie East, here to guide you through the insane world of Westeros and beyond. Well, 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 look who it is. If it isn't fellow Dragoncaster Chris Mandel, how are you, sir? I am very, very well. How are you, my friend? Fine. You know what? we do hello everybody first of all hello hello, everybody uh apologies many apologies we have been shouting out to all of you throners on the succession dragon cast episode but what we realized is that via twitter and stuff is and there's no reason why you should you know if you're if you if you if you join dragon cast for our game of thrones rewatch or for house of dragon and you're not interested in succession and there's no which reason. Which is fine. We don't is, judge. We don't judge. But no judgment here. No kink you shaming. Are out um, you are missing out, though. Uh, but so we've been shouting out and apologising for the lack of Game of Thrones yeah. updates yeah. on that podcast. But clearly, duh, you won't have heard it. So, and we just got a tweet tonight, and we we've had some emails. Oh, you, what's happened? Are you, and it's i feel really bad but i also feel yeah, quite touched too. that you that you really have missed them it's like i was rush, rushing back on the train when i saw that tweet i felt yeah. a bit like someone who has two families <laughs> who was what, like, like oh yeah don't let one rushing wife see the other with, yeah yeah but just rushing back being like the other family know that i've i'm trying to get home yeah, yeah, yeah. i felt like i had like a bag of lego just to sort of make up for it going hold on kids i want to tuck you in at night it's, oh, it's not too late but it has been a big change for us all. I mean, I can't really get into it that much on the pod, but I have a full-time job now. I'm yeah. not self-employed. And that yeah. has been a change because it yeah. does change the way that we do the podcast. Yes. But also, um, we're doing season eight. We're doing it double. We're doing double episodes. Yeah. And so that means we have to spend more time watching, more time making notes, more time just sort of thinking. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thinking, which does take up a lot of real estate, but... I think the thing I would say about why it's taken us so long is that unlike season eight, 
we have been doing the journey to Winterfell in real time. So we've only just got there. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That's it. We've, we're living the dream. We are, this actually, is the yeah. teleportation season, which is fine. I'm full of nostalgia watching this because um, this is the only season I have never rewatched. No, same never. actually. Yes, actually. Same. Yeah. So as soon as I'm watching it uh, over the last couple of weeks, I was like, God, I remember at the time we did a podcast for season eight uh, previously on. That's right. Oh my God. Yeah. So we did. I was reviewing it for the iPaper and I was all up in my, all up in my business with like, I don't think you can get from White Harbour to Winterfell in the time it takes for someone to get, you know. I've done my calculations according to George's map. Got my, (laughs) what's the, um, what's those Things that they use, you know, you see the foreman using them. Like oh yeah, like the the, the yeah the the, the, the stick with a clicker on it. Yeah, yeah, clickers. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was doing first time. I was watching these episodes and I was like, look, I know some of this doesn't make a lick of sense, but it's yeah. great and it's so good to be. I'm really glad. Back. Ah, yeah, I, I have these- enjoyed. I've enjoyed nestling back into our Westerosi bosom. You know the drill. Before we jump into it, here is a quick recap from our sister podcast previously on. We open on the cold approach to Winterfell, where a relatively warm welcome awaits the arrival of some rather important people. Jon and Daenerys, flanked by the forces of the Unsullied and Dothraki, arrive, riding side by side through the throngs of very white and slightly suspicious northerners. Arya watches from the crowds, almost calling out to Jon before deciding against it. She then spots her old nemesis, the Hound, closely followed by her old friend Gendry, which brings a smile to her lips. The distrust of the locals towards the new arrivals quickly turns to fear when Daenerys's remaining dragons, Drogon and Rhaegar, roar and soar overhead, causing the northern folk to scatter. Entering the gates, Jon rushes to plant a kiss upon the forehead of the waiting Bran, who Jon hasn't seen since he left to join the Night's Watch back in Season 1. He introduces Daenerys to Sansa, who side-eye each other frostily, before Bran declares there is no time for this, adding, in that ominous way he now has, that the Night King has Daenerys' dragon, the wall has fallen, and the dead march south. What a buzzkill. At a meeting, Sansa asks Lord Umber, nothing more than a young boy, when his people will arrive at Winterfell in light of the news broken by Bran. The little lord says he needs more horses and wagons. Sansa agrees and tells him to go and fetch his people as soon as possible. Tension then fills the room as Lyanna Mormont, the fiery but awesome 13-year-old head of House Mormont, questions who Jon actually is, pointing out that he left them as king in the north, but returned as nothing at all with Daenerys at his side as queen. Tyrion steps forward to defend Jon, saying that if anyone survives the coming war, they'll have Jon Snow to thank. However, he then mentions that the Lannister army is to join the fight and quickly loses the room again. Sansa questions how on earth they're going to feed the army and the dragons, asking what do dragons even eat? To which Daenerys answers, whatever they want. They don't seem particularly friendly, those two. A short time later, Tyrion and Sansa, theoretically still married, maybe, catch up after a long time apart. Tyrion notes that most who underestimated Sansa are now dead, while Sansa doubts Tyrion's claim that Cersei will even send the Lannister army to the north as she promised. Under a weirwood tree, Jon and Arya reunite, continuing the mirroring theme of the first episode of season one. Arya tells Jon that she and Sansa are defending their family and tells him not to forget that he is family too. <coughs> Down in King's Landing, the Iron Fleet, led by Euron Greyjoy, has arrived. Aboard the fleet of the Golden Company, an army of 20,000 sellswords. Below decks, Euron's got his niece Yara captive. 
Uncle Euron torments her and tells her of his plan to bed Queen Cersei. Before the Iron Throne, Euron arrives and presents Captain Strickland, who's the leader of the Golden Company, to Cersei. He then uses his natural charm and arrogance to impress her before succeeding in his bid to get jiggy with her. Elsewhere and also succeeding, Bronn is in bed accompanied by three prostitutes. He's interrupted by Kyburn, Hand of the Queen to Cersei, who tells him that in return for a serious stash of gold, she wants him to kill her treacherous brothers, Jaime and Tyrion. Bronn is then presented with Joffrey's crossbow. Kyburn hints that should he succeed with this poetic justice, his payment will be even greater. On the decks of the Iron Fleet, there is bloodshed as rejuvenated Theon rescues Yara. She repays him with a headbutt, probably fair, before offering him her hand. As the pair sail away, it's decided that Theon will go north to assist the defence of Winterfell, whilst Yara will return to take the Iron Islands with Euron away. Back in Winterfell, Daenerys is concerned that her dragons are off their food, so she and Jon pay them a visit. Daenerys offers Jon the chance to ride one of the dragons alongside her. He climbs on and they take to the sky, swooping and soaring above the walls of Winterfell and the snowy countryside. They land before a waterfall and kiss, again mirroring earlier episodes where Jon and Egret got together in a cave. The Hound and Arya come face to face in Winterfell in another slightly frosty reunion. Things are warmer, however, when Arya reunites with Gendry and asks him to make her a weapon of her own design, some kind of dragon glass with a detachable blade. Interesting. Jon and Sansa argue about Daenerys. Sansa asks Jon if he bent the knee to save the North or because he loves her. Jon doesn't answer. Daenerys and Jorah startle Sam Tarly in the Winterfell Library. Daenerys wants to reward Sam for saving Jorah. He cured his grayscale, remember? During the conversation, Sam learns that Daenerys executed his father and brother for refusing to bend the knee. Teary-eyed, he bumps into Bran outside, who again, as a buzzkill, says he hasn't got time for that. He's got to go and tell Jon the truth about who he is. If you remember, in the last episode of Season 7, Samuel and Bran realised that Jon is the true heir to the Iron Throne, Aegon Targaryen. In the crypts of Winterfell, Sam indeed finds Jon and delivers the earth-shattering news. <gasps> Meanwhile, further north, having fled the fall of the wall, Tormund Giants Bane, Beric Dondarrion and a group of men enter the ruins of an old building with swords drawn. Preparing to fight, they instead run into another group from the wall led by Edison Tollett. The two groups join forces and find young Lord Umber, remember the kid from the earlier Winterfell meeting, dead and pinned to a wall, surrounded by a pattern of severed limbs. That pattern of limbs is almost now the Night King's calling card. As they ponder the sight before them, the seemingly deceased Lord suddenly opens his eyes and screeches. He's now an undead white and attempts to attack Tormund before Beric kills him with his flaming sword. Back in Winterfell, Kingslayer Jaime Lannister arrives, smiling as he takes in the surroundings, before his face drops like a boy from a tower when he locks eyes with Bran. I think this season, well, up to this point, these two episodes, is all about nostalgia. It's all about muscle memories of places. Yeah. They really do a good job of like shot, not shot for shot, but like alluding to scenes from previous seasons. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I've just loved it. You know. Oh, good. I'm glad. I thought you were going to rag on it. I thought this uh, was- Look, look, I do think the broader points about where Game of Thrones went, we've covered... And if people want to hit me up for some bonus content, I'll send voice notes for a small fee for my theses about things. But I do think watching season seven, I was like, yeah, it's all losing. It's all going a bit crazy, but the action's really good. The yeah. character's really good. Yeah. 
it's just not coagulating. It's all sitting one on top of the other, mm-hmm. you know. So you watch it now and you're like, I know which bits of this I need to invest in. And there's things like The Night King that I feel like, you know, there's this epi- the episode one. Let's talk about episode one first. Yeah. It yeah, yeah, ends yeah. with The Night King and the White Walkers going to the last hearth, which is this kind of like point in the north that is like the last kind of village or settlement before the wall. Yes. And they okay, like yeah, yeah, decimate yeah, yeah. it, right? Yeah. The, and they leave Just this obliterated swir- the whole They thing. leave this swirly symbol on the wall with like a dead child who I think is from House Umber. So it's Ned. His name's Ned. His name's Ned. Yes, because yeah. he's probably named after Ned Stark, right? This was a thing that you kind of I think is yeah, touched assumes. on in an earlier episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you do this and I remember at the time being like, "Oh, he's this symbol must mean something." And obviously well, watching it now we're like it fucking doesn't. Yeah, exactly. You can, it was, yeah, it's like it's like watching Lost again. Don't need to worry about the polar explain. bears. Never explained. Oh um, I've not done it yet. Have you done a Lost rewatch before? No, I've tried to encourage members of the East household to join me in it. They start and then they go, how many seasons of this is there? <laughs> and then and they where go, do we find out about the polar yeah, bears? You're like, fi- and I'm like, yeah, maybe this isn't, five. maybe this isn't for you. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, I, all I can think about the pa- are the patterns in the books. Don't really remember. I don't okay. think so because we no. just know so little about. They're so visual as well. I mean, the, the the I mean, lest we forget that the pattern is the first thing, pretty much that we see in Game of Thrones. The whole of the in, thing in the pilot. In, in the, the pilot. pilot, the the horse, the parts of the horses, weren't they in the mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. the snow? Um, and we've seen them dotted around since then. Almost every se- yeah. yeah, every season there's has fists had to the first men when they attack the Night's Watch. Yeah, there's 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 dismembered things it's all kind of and i don't know whether it's just passionate fans the fact that we love it Mm -hmm. all so much is that we're trying to read into it you know is there is this a language are they they, is it does it it, it say something is this like the the pods in arrival are they speak you know all this kind of stuff is that i think we can just where i went with this i was like it's like a rival yeah (laughs) is and i think ultimately it's just like a calling card it's like zorro it's like it's it's to, sorry to anyone under the age of uh, 40 zorro was like a uh, <laughs> it was like a lone ranger kind of like character i think yeah. uh antonio banderas played him in a film yes. with yeah, 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 yeah. and his his calling it's like the pink panther leaving a white glove it's like this zorro used to leave a swish of a z yeah. in a in some ward or some i think it's yeah. just like i uh this was the white walkers hello yeah i think all. all, yeah exactly and i think also we we know on the rewatch we're like look we're not going to get this resolved so let's just not spend too much energy on it but it's like if the whole thing was just like blood splattered you'd think oh maybe a bear got in here and the show doesn't want you to go well it might be the white walkers but it might be a bear they have to go it was the fucking white walkers Yeah, yeah, yeah but we even get that down because one of the really fascinating things about season eight they don't have enough locations to fill the intro. So they do this Ah, new thing where they they have have the tiles freezing the north just to buy like 20 seconds each way. Yeah, there were special effects in the titles. And I was going to ask you... And they go into the the castles. Yeah. This is a new thing for season eight. I completely forgot about it until I watched it. And I was going, oh yeah, they've only got three locations. And even like, I don't even think we... Yeah, the King's Landing one is tenuous, but in order to sort of pad it out, we go into the castles. And what they do really well, which I just, I mean, 
we've talked about intros before. I love TV intros. I think intros yeah. are so fascinating because they tell you everything you need to know about the show or not. Yeah. Game of Thrones has such an intricate one and they've got this problem, right? Where they go, well, what are we going to do? We haven't got nine locations. Yeah. So what they've done with, with Winterfell is they go in and they actually show you the schematics of, of, the, of the, the castle, yeah, yeah, yeah. which we need to know for episode three, yeah. because it's important to know where the crypts are, where the library yeah, is, yeah, where yeah, the halls. Yeah, yeah. And I just think that is really, really clever to go. This is a problem, and we're going to turn it into an opportunity. Do you think that? Do you think they did it because of the long night? Or do you think? I mean, that's. I think that's a great explanation. Well, I think Sounds they just to me went, like <laughs> like that I was. Think they just went. What, what are we going to do? Well, yeah, we've got to do something. Do? Yeah, because I enjoyed it because you saw like the. You saw the skull, the dragon skull. Um, yes, it goes. Next, it goes through. Yes, next exactly, to the yeah. scorpion. It was. Yeah, it was great. It was. It was. It's. I, it's different, but it's just showing they are. Look, I think the people who do the intro are smart. When we yeah. did House of the Dragon, I remember we were kind of what we didn't get the intro for a couple of episodes. Do you remember? Because it wasn't unfinished. That's right. Yes, and yeah. we finally got it, and we were like. Okay, I can't read any of the sigils because who? What's all the blood doing? I still don't know what the intro was about. Yeah, I think um, you. I wish I had the foresight and attention to pay attention to intros. It's a bit like scores, you know. Yeah. It's like I wish I had that layer within me i just don't so like I, I used to go and like i used to be a film critic so i used to go and watch films like all the time and like when it was the big mcu films or the big star wars yeah. films or this that and the other i'd be just watching i'd be sat there watching just like a scene that when nothing particularly exciting happening <laughs> all of a sudden some musical crop up and people will go oh yeah oh my god yeah, oh my god yeah, it's yeah. ray's theme that means that yeah, but i'm like yeah. what the now, fuck listen. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a smidge away from that. And I think definitely with Thrones a little bit, people go, Ooh, they've done the Reigns of Castamere in A minor. And I'm like, how do you know that? Yeah. But yeah. definitely, I mean, you and I have both done the Marvel beat over our, our long and established careers where you yeah. go, someone goes, Oh my God, Scarlet Witch is wearing the helmet from the comics. And you're yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. okay, but like, I mean, it must be great uh, to be that tapped into it because it must add an, another level of like... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they do it so immersed, You know, to become that immersed and it must be great. But, but I don't know all the songs. No. Um, but let's... Anyway. Can we just re remind ourselves of yeah. the, the Ferrari around? Because I law We did the premiere for this season yeah. in Belfast. yeah. Um, with all of the cast were there. Uh, what was that like? It was fantastic. They did this amazing party. It was. Um, Tell me. It was full on. I mean, it was just. It was. It was. It was a full on HBO. Where was it at? Was it in a castle? No, they didn't. It was. It was at some Belfast. Um, it was just like a conference thing, like they're big, okay. whatever. That I'm sure someone will tell me where it was. Um, but they decked it out brilliantly. They had like all the vodka luges, the ice sculpture of the dragon. They had the oh. throne hanging from the ceiling, and you know oh. it was it was a proper proper do. Yeah. Um, I Good most, canapes, oh, amazing canapes, and but it was it was 
it was just full of the, all the cast were there. They all just like completely went for it. Because because like, it's the last time. It's the they literal, know this is yeah. the last. Like we love the people that work on this show. Yeah. They gave a long portion of their lives. Yeah. None of them have had anything close to the success since, and they never will. They right. just never will. No, no, right? exactly. And, and so there must have been this last days of Rome sort of energy. Yeah, and also I think because they were kind of off shift, sort of. Yeah. Or the, so so stuff like, you know, people like Maisie um, had been protected, you know. Dinklage wasn't there. Dinklage never went there. And, and Lena had yeah. wasn't there. Ne- yeah, they, just, they were they're, both they're just, outliers, they, weren't they? They just never went. Um, to any of them really apart from the the American ones but they were all cutting a rug on the dance floor I was dancing with Jorah I was dancing with Masande like at, like twerking away it was a full on like brilliant party I was with Jonathan uh, Ross and and, um, and Jane who at the time uh, was, was just about to start um, she was supposed to do the making, aborted prequel making, making the aborted prequel less said about that um, I think that is a real, still a sore subject, isn't it's it? It's an extreme And we, subject. I don't even know if we can talk about what we know no, about that. we cannot talk about that at all. Although I will say that um, her right-hand guy was a guy called James Kay. Oh my God, yes, James Kay, I know him. Or James Ali's Farrell, brother. who's now married Ali's to... brother. Ali, who used to work for me at Holy Moly, and who you know as well, lovely, lovely. His brother, James, uh, is now married to Adam Kay. And How he was He was going to produce... Um, yeah. Blood Moon with with Jane that was and the working title, yeah. and he went on to uh, to set up the production company that made This Is Gonna Hurt, which is the book written by his husband. So you know, a, a happy, that probably wouldn't have happened had yeah. Uh, yeah. Blood Moon. Um, I but, love anyway, like James and Adam, power couple. Mm. He does the books, he does the adaptations. Yeah. So tuned in, they must be. Living their best lives, hundred percent. The first time I saw them before, then they were at James uh, Jonathan's Halloween party, dressed up as like I think like a courgette and a, and and a piece of broccoli, and just kind of like Amazing. just just happy to be there chatting away. And then the next thing, they are literally running. They're running goddamn Hollywood. So fair play. anyway, big cigar in their mouth. So my like, my my my, po- my point was that I think it's difficult to remember. Just the the pitch of excitement mm. around this pre- this episode. This, this can they do it? The, the whole thing was, look, we've been anticipating the end of this show for the best part for of a decade. decade. Yeah, can you land the plane? And what what does landing the plane even look like? Because we just know so little about this. Yeah. I did a piece for the Guardian when this season was about to air that was about anti spoiler culture, mm. and it was about. Game of Thrones was ending. We had Endgame, the big Marvel Avengers mm. cap, the same year. Still and in my books, one of the greatest uh, superhero film that will never unreal. be bettered. Real, yeah. unreal. And I'm not even a big Marvel person, but Infinity yeah. War, Endgame, just absolutely amazing. So Game of Thrones, Endgame, and the 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 third one in the Star Wars new trilogy yeah. comes out in the same year. So I did this piece with the Guardian that was about spoiler culture. And it was about how scripts self-destruct, anti-drone technology, cast members don't know, you know, Tom Holland said that he filmed something for Endgame and he wasn't even allowed to be told who he was fighting in a scene. 
So he's like, it's like you're you're fighting this green screen, and he goes, "Who is it?" And they're like, you, "We can't tell you." Yeah. Amazing. Because if he goes and does a press thing when he goes, "Oh, I fight Hulk," when he's been brainwashed or whatever, they yeah, all go, like, "Oh my god." Yeah. So you've got, and it's just chaotic, right? So I wrote this piece about how the fever pitch around spoilers is just relentless. Now, I think just really briefly, because we haven't really talked about the episode yet, but what I want to say before we start, game, uh, House of the Dragon season two is filming. Yes. And there are, if you, there, we do not advocate for it, but you can go online, you can find photos, people on set, you can see scenes can being filmed. Oh my God. I've not even There's looked. there. I've not tried, I've tried not to look. But what I think is fascinating and I think it's good Season 8 of Game of Thrones, it was like, we're going to put people that aren't even on the show anymore on set to throw off the people that might photograph what's happening. And yeah. now I feel like we've kind of got back to nor- normal culture after yeah, like you're right, crazy actually. Yeah. period. There, there are spoilers for House of the Dragon out there. I just want to warn people. I've not looked, but I'm still should- on some subreddits. Yeah, and the spoiler tag central, and I think that's kind of like, look, that's just how it's got to be. That's how the that's how the sausage is made. They're there if you want them. Yeah, they're there if they want them. But yeah. anyway, we this comes out, uh, season eight comes out. I remember episode one and episode two. I mean, I mean most of it, but it's just so good. It really hits you in the feelings. It's a really sentimental couple of episodes. It's yes, all about. Well, it's like you said. Wh- it's it's they've made a concerted effort. I think they'd listen to a lot of the shit that, you know, that was being spoken and, and, and written and, you know, the people that were raising a lot of, not, a, a lot of valid questions about the way that it was going and, and it's, and the decision to end it. So they had, you know, the, 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 the nostalgia trip that you kind of mentioned mm. is a real surefire kind of cheap win as, as to, as to get those fans back on board. Yeah. You know, and, and, it's, also, and I'm, not, I'm, I'm not complaining about that at all, but you know. They've just got to pull it in, right? If you're not at Winterfell, what the fuck are you doing on this show? If you're not, yeah. if you don't need to be there, why are you here? This is why yeah. the Sand Snakes get killed. This is why, you know, Dawn, uh, sorry, not Dawn. This is why High Garden gets wiped out in season yeah. seven, right? We're like, yeah. what are we going to do with the Queen of Thorns at yeah. this point in the show, right? Yeah. So I kind of, you know, at the time I'm going... Why is Gendry there? Why is Brienne there? You know, but listen, we want to see them all there. And what I love is that the thing that this show understood more than anything was if you spend a decade with people, fictional or not, you grow to care about them. And this is just, there's not a lot of plot in this episode. No, but there's a lot of feelings. And I I mean, when, yeah, when you're giving up, you're giving up nearly 10 minutes of the episode to horny, a horny aria you know that's like that's that's that's, that's when you know that the, the, the plot is, yeah. pr- is pretty thin um, so where let, let's go where, where, let's yeah so the thing that starts i i just thought this is like westeros warburton ad where this little urchin is like running through the town yeah scrambling to get a look at something and i was Who watching is it, it going, oh she's so pretty governor yeah and it's the the royals ascending upon descending on Winterfell, which is exactly what happened in the pilot. Yeah, lovely way of doing that. Lovely way of just just cutting out some of the bullshit and just getting yeah. on with it. Daenerys yeah. and John arrive. Um, they meet at the uh, the Great Hall or whatever they call it in Winterfell, and yeah, yeah they got to 
the, the White Walkers are coming, aren't they? Yep. They're sort of on the way. Yeah. So Arya's really happy to see John. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a really sweet. I love that scene. I mean, I, really I loved, I loved, I loved all of the reunion hugs. Yeah, you know, and you can just, and, and I love it, particularly the Stark, the Stark children reuniting because, like you say, ten years has passed since they last met, which is just like yeah. mental. You'd yeah. be on Jerry Springer if he was still alive. You know, do you remember? Do you remember this man? And you know, I feel like. The show didn't know at the time because like Sansa and John have like never had a scene together in the first season, right? This oh, was this whole thing where they didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. they didn't know that this is what was going to go. So you have these moments where they're like they're actually having to like make more of it. And I don't, I'm not criticizing it because I'm like, yeah. who would have thought back then? But it's just so much has happened that like you know Bran and John reunite, and you're like, did. They had, were they, were they close? Like we had Arya and John, we knew those guys were tight. We knew they were close because of Needle and, and, and all Sansa the rest and Arya, definitely. But then Bran is kind of there and he is like such a vibe killer, isn't he? Being like, <laughs> oh, I'm not really, they always exp- they go, oh, Bran has visions in the yeah. tone that some, like your mum would say, if it's like, he's queer. <laughs> it's like this yes. weird kind of like. He's a confirmed we don't want to bachelor. Ex- Bran yeah. is a confirmed bachelor. It's like, as long as there's no follow-up questions, yeah. Bran has visions. And everyone just goes, <laughs> okay. okay, cool. Because he does That's such fine. a great job of kind of like, of, of like just heading you off at the past going, I'm fucking weird. But yeah. no, you're right. The fact that, you know, Bran was a baby. A tiny little, yeah, yeah, yeah. A tiny, tiny little baby who was like, crippled the last time most of them saw him like barely like yeah. barely was, was asleep in in a coma for i think when john left yeah um, he didn't get to say goodbye and then he's now know, like so and he's now just this like six foot five like nutter in a wheelchair and he's also like i've invented the wheelchair while you've been away <laughs> he reminds me of like if you have like a sort of half cousin and it, you like hang out with them once every 10 years yeah you end like, up going on holiday to, it's like oh so yeah. what have you been up to oh. oh you're really into vegan leather cool it's like, <laughs> it's like oh shit he plays chess oh no hiding like, a nintendo oh. switch yeah yeah you're like so you're really really into plant milk but um okay. <laughs> But yeah, the the brand buzzkill is is legendary, and I think they leaned into the comedy of it a little bit. They as do. Well. That's the thing. I thought this episode was actually quite funny. Yeah, they play it off as a comedy of errors, where they just go, "Shit, what are we going to do with him?" But it's funny because you know, again, there's a real sense of propulsion. He literally says to everyone, "Everyone's having a nice time," and he goes, "We haven't got time for this." Your dragon's been killed and he's been reanimated. And it's, you know, we've talked about Bran's powers uh, yeah. in when we did season seven. I've got this theory that certain things trigger his ability to see, yeah. you know. So it's like, oh, she's the one with of, dragons. Oh, hang on a sec. Didn't I? Ah, yeah. Where have I seen this before? It's literally like, I have this thing where like, I screen grab everything. Like if I get like, a bill, I screen grab it. If I see a coat I like, I screen grab it. And so what I sometimes do when I'm on the train and there's like no signal is I just pick a random month and just look through my photos. What, just to kind of like, oh, there's my council just, tax just bill. Because I can't, well, I just, but what I, well, what I find is I'm like, oh, me and Rob went on holiday. And then I'm like, 
oh, there's my water bill from 2020. And it's just like everything's <laughs> in one place. And when I was watching this, I was like, am I Bran? Because <laughs> sometimes yeah. I'll say to Rob, I'm like, hey, uh, we were going to buy a coffee table and we never did. And here's the ones I found three years ago. And I'm like, oh my God, it must be exactly what it's like to live with Bran Stark. Yeah, it's like, oh my God. Yeah. Right, I thought mate. everyone did this. I thought everyone went on photos and just chose a month and just like, luxuriated I did, it. No, I like the I like the I like the featured thing that comes up on the like the home one, screen. One year ago. But it's like you, you know one? it's nice when it's like oh when the when the kids little and then but every now and then it'll like I put up some really disgusting stuff on Instagram and Twitter and every now and then it'll literally I'll be looking down and there'll just be like a picture of a dog throwing up. <laughs> it's just like what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, sometimes I find like the most random images like there was this viral picture a few years ago of this woman choking a seagull. Did you ever see that? Yeah. Yeah. It like the one I always have is that she grabs it like this, and the, the seagull's one... eyes are popping. I have that on my the phone one, for some reason. The one I always that always turns up on mine is the guy that poisoned himself in court. The one that looked like, <laughs> do you remember the guy? The meme of like just like taking a shot of like bleach or yeah. whatever it was. Anyway. But you're just like, you, there's this weird thing. This is what it must be like being Bran Stark. You're like, I might need this. As a rea- if someone's like, oh, I had such a bad day, I'm going to send them the woman choking the seagull. <laughs> so I so, sort yeah. of watched it now and I'm like, oh, I kind of get where Bran's coming from of just yeah. having these random things. Um, and, th- th- you know, there is there is some conflict in it. So, you know, John has a lot of explaining to do. So this is where a lot of... Yeah, there is the, tension, I guess the, the, the dramatic yeah. tension from this episode certainly comes from that spills over for the next couple of episodes, I think, up until the, the long night. So mm. basically, you know... We saw a couple of seasons ago, John being declared King of the North and Lady Mormont, uh, you know, made that impassioned speech and basically turned it around and got him crowned. Now she's fucking livid because she crowned him and he's rocked up and bent the knee to Daenerys, who's not even from the North. So it's like a classic, um, classic someone from Carlisle bemoaning someone from, from Derby. Uh, moment. It's, it's like, like me having the audacity to try and conquer the print media industry in London where they go, yeah, exactly. you are exactly. not from here. You are not from here. Who Get told back you in your you, box. Who told yeah. you you could go in the uh, fashion <laughs> cupboard and wear some trainers? Get yeah. out. That's so, it like. And it's, you know, and it's, it's a fair point, you know, and John, and I'm not sure John does a great, is is particularly good at explaining it. And it's like one of those, it's one of those tropes that you get in, in drama, certainly mm. in rom-coms where it's just like, wait, can I just, can I, but, but if I could just, oh, I never got a chance to tell them why I could, why such and such happened. To, because but I find like, one thing that annoys me is just like, look, they all know the the show has to move it forward. Right. So you've got people going, we made you King and you came back with a foreign invader. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but guys, guys, <laughs> White Walkers are literally, you're not listening to Bran. Like, the yeah, White Walkers are I like coming. I mean, yeah. The other thing I find a lot of problems with, and this is maybe because I am a woke lefty, mm-hmm. I'm like, Daenerys is not a foreign invader. She was born on Dragonstone, <laughs> Dragonstone, which is in the Seven Kingdoms. They do this thing where they go, she came over on a boat. Like, Pretty Patel would be like... A little like, bit of politics. Yeah. Pretty Patel would be like get out of here. And she's like, no, no, I'm born here. And they're like, yeah. there's no jobs. Get, get out. out. Yeah. Anyway, that's me being political just for a minute. But it's, it's interesting to me that they just hate her. And she's like, I'm from here. 
Yeah, I'm from here. I've been like, you know, I'm, anyway. It's, it's quite um, xenophobic, Game of Thrones is. You know, they're all very- But I do think as well, it's like, oh, it has, they're just, the only tension is we have to have these people make peace with themselves and yeah. we can't just have them go, well, the White Walkers are coming and they've got a dragon. And it's the same thing with Jamie in episode two, which we'll maybe touch on later. Yeah. Where he literally pushes Bran out of a window and Bran's like, well, if I told on you, you would not be able to help us fight the Night King. And it's like, hang on, when you you like allowed Littlefinger to get killed because you yeah. were like, here's everything Littlefinger did that was super shady. Yeah. And you're like, what if Littlefinger was going to help you in the Army of the Dead? But with Jamie, he's like, mm, you might be useful. We'll keep you around. I think he knew that Jay, that Littlefinger was, would have been pretty useless in the long night. Yeah. He'd have, he'd have I been- also think... I, I, I think a lot of Bran is like, it's like, he's like, I need, I've seen that I need you so you can stick around. But also I do think there's part of him that is just like a shady little bitch. Like we talk about him being like, he's not the, the, the the three eyed. It's not this monk kind of figure. He's like 85, 86% there. There's 14% of him. That's like, I just love drama. There's still a 17 year old cunt. But it's just like, well, I'm just going to like piss everyone off. That's puberty for you. That's puberty it for is. you. Yeah. The tension between Daenerys and John and Sansa, like I'm not super like invested in at this point. I didn't buy it, it because you just, I think, you know, like you just said, it's like, you know that it's not going to last, you know, it's not yeah. going to become an issue because there are greater things to, to but I'll there. tell you the thing that I really, I loved at the time. I loved even more now is the stuff with Sam. What the the Targaryen the the yeah. the, the Aegon? It's yeah, yeah. So well done, and I I I don't feel like I give them credit because I assume it sort of just fell into place for them. But last season, Sam's father, uh, Randall, and his brother Dickon were burnt mm-hmm. by Daenerys because she beat their army. Yeah. Um. During this invasion, and they yeah. wouldn't swear fealty to her. She killed against them. Jamie's wishes. Against Jamie's wishes, Tyrion was like, "Let oh, them sorry, take the black." Was, yeah. Yeah. Was it Jamie? Yeah, no, I think it was. I think Tyrion because Jamie was Tyrion in the water, and 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 Jorah was there as well. Yeah, I think Jorah was getting his grayscale looked at. Oh, I think it was Tyrion. Yeah, it's already began again. Sorry. Yes, it was Tyrion. I'm going right. to get a lot of yeah. abuse online about this. So the idea was: look, they're they're commanders. They're like an old house. Keep them. She gets rid of them. Now, at the time, you sort of watch it and you go, "Oh my god, she's just girl bossing the house down boots! Like what a badass!" But actually it has such a knock-on effect and it actually is part of her downfall because Sam has this excruciating meeting where she's like, you killed yeah. Jorah, you, whatever, what do you need? And he goes, look, I stole some books and I stole my dad's sword. Can you like make sure he doesn't tell me off? And she's like, that uh, won't be a problem. I've already handled that. Yeah, Because he's dead. And he goes, yeah. oh, well, this is heartbreaking, even At though he's abused At least I've got my brother. Yeah. And he goes... My brother will understand. And she's like, he yeah. will in the sense that he's dead. He's and it, dead as- it's awful. I mean, yeah. what I think about um, Sam Tarley and he's played by John... John Bradley West. John, John Bradley West Bradley. West. Or just John Bradley. Sorry, John. Let's just call him John. Yeah, John. He's one of the few men on this show that really, the tears fall thick and fast. And it's so well-timed because this show is about a lot of male bravado Mm-hmm. But Sam, it's 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 devastating. He didn't he didn't have 
a good relationship with his family, but he loved them. And she's yeah, he always got the them. sense that that he he felt like it's just John Bradley. Sorry, John. Um, he felt he felt like he was he was always trying to prove to them. You know, whenever he talked about them, he he knew what he was. He knew how he was in their eyes, but he thought that actually, you know what? I'm going to make them proud of me. I'm going to become, I'm going to the city. I'm going to the Citadel. You know, it's all of that. I get my PhD. Yeah. They wanted him to go to, you know, boot camp, go to the army. They wanted him to go join the army. He was like, I'm not, I'm going to Bath University to study (laughs) social sciences. Oh my God. Yeah. Devastating comment. (laughs) I thought you were going to say English literature. Um, no, it wouldn't be. It'd, be. it'd be social sciences. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, I do think with the show, the faster it got, the further it got to the end, there's not a lot of room. Like, I know there's not a lot of good dads, a lot of good siblings in this show, but, like, Theon and Yara have not once been like, our dad's dead and our uncle killed him. They're mm. just kind of like... Just get oh, that's a cunt. Well, there's just not because they, yeah. they haven't got time. And I'm just, just saying, I get it, I get it. But it's what I loved about this scene is that there's someone who we we met Randall and Dickon briefly. Yeah. We do not, but they established so clearly with this scene in uh, season eight, episode one, that Sam's family have been murdered, and that he's the last not, remaining. Yeah, and it that's that is what throws him out, and he mm. goes shit. I need to speak to John. And we get this very rapid kind of attempt to kind of overthrow Daenerys, really, uh, because John yeah. is the legitimate heir. Yeah, it was. Um, how did you? How did you? I. That was always in my mind going to be such a, an amazing dun 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 yeah. that it was never yeah. ever going to live up to that, and. But it was done in such typical Sam fashion. Where it's just like, just wait a minute, just wait a minute. You're Aegon Targaryen. You yeah. know, it's just like, I can't be. You are. Oh, fucking hell. Well, it, you know, what I thought with with the rewatch is just how much it echoes Sam insisting that John is elected uh, mm. uh, the Night's Watch. And do you think... God, oh my God, what am I... I'm getting brain, brain fart. The uh, elected leader of the Night's Watch. I can't remember what the right. official title is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John doesn't want to do it. Sam's like, if you don't do it, someone worse is going to do it and they won't be able to be the person we need. And I thought there was a lot of that with this, that he was like, I know you don't want to be, but we live in a feudal system where having the right to be king is a pretty good reason to be king. But also I think it really, John happens to have been a very good people person. He's, Mm. he's the Northerners love him. Yeah. He's gone to the Night's Watch. He's, you know, he was a reject. He's won people over. He goes north of the wall. He makes yeah. all of these people. United the Wildings. And, yeah, exactly. And, and and Sam is kind of like, look, you have the qualities of a king and you actually are the heir to the throne. And so he's like, if one of these wasn't enough, the two together is like super powered. And it's interesting because this is where the show, I think, does sort of lose, like, we haven't had enough time with Daenerys since she came over here, but she's suddenly like the broody, like cross, like pissy sort of sidekick where she's like, yeah, you go, oh yeah, have you ever, all of your conquering has been done with brute force. John's yeah. never used brute force to conquer. And, and she's used and she's used to people 
obeying her as well. She isn't out used of to principle. people. Out yeah. of principle, right? Yeah. She um, has all these titles. Do you remember there's a scene? We actually didn't watch this episode in season seven, but John meets Daenerys and uh, Missandei says, this is Queen Daenerys Targaryen, uh, Khaleesi of the Great Grass Sea, Breaker of Chains, the yeah. Unburnt, the rah, rah, rah. And then Davos goes, this is Jon Snow. He's yeah. king in the north. You know, <laughs> the whole point is he actually could come up with all these titles, right? Yeah. That he could say that he's the defender of the wall, that he's the liberator of the, the free yeah. folk. And he could come up with everything. He doesn't use that. And Daenerys has these titles that that's all she has. Yeah. And the threat of the dragons, the threat of violence. Yeah. Um, I know it's hard in the middle of a civil war. It's not even civil. It's sort of just war, isn't it? For her to preach her values but this this whole trip to westeros has not really worked has it no no, no not really... at all not at all then it's you know the, the 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 resentment of daenerys and her resentment of that you know is the pulse that runs throughout runs throughout the season yeah. really. um, it's not like she's going to different houses and maybe you can't because everyone's in the middle of war but it's not like she's gone and said look meet me meet my dragons, meet my people. This is what yeah. I stand for. She's not doing the door-to-door campaigning that politicians yeah. <laughs> have to do if they want to win an election. She's yeah. just gone, I'm just going to burn anyone that doesn't do what I say. Um, so the, the stakes are set in this episode, aren't they? Yeah, they are. It's, they it's are. very clear that we're not supposed to trust the nearest. And I felt with the rewatch, um, I, I, you lose her. We lose her. And I... I want to give them credit i think it's intentional i don't think it works but it is intentional what we do, do we just her. emotionally kind of like we start just to disconnect. detach, suddenly it, detach she, ourselves yeah, from her yeah yeah suddenly she feels like a stranger in the show whereas for a long time i felt like she was the protagonist and you sort of go oh it's always been john yeah that's kind of how i felt yeah no um, it's true a uh, couple of things that are, you know we'll 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 mop up episode one and then take a break and come back for episode two mm-hmm. um the car stark sigil is the best sigil i loved it what's the sigil the sigil is just like dead simple it's like if smashing pumpkins had a sigil it would be this it's just like this um proper goth black and white oh, yeah. sun it's really nice that yeah, was just something it's, it's um Oh my god, it makes me think of Audio Slave. Do you remember them? Yeah, it's Cornell's band. It's yeah. like kind of a bit like because they had a song called Black Hole Sun. Oh, what a great! That is like it's quite Soundgarden. Oh, what did I say? Oh yeah, okay. Audio, yeah. Audio um, Slave was the other band he had. That's right, correct. The offshoot. Um, there were some great lines in this as well. There yeah, some, there's some really good lines. Some. I I enjoyed. Um, who was the uh, poor girl Poxel Taker? In the year that was Bran, wasn't it? Did Bran say that about someone? I think he did, didn't he? Yeah, that was. He's I enjoyed just, that. Um, which is such a so. So if you, I'm sorry, but that is like someone. That's like a doctor being like, "You're going to die next year." You're like, "Sorry, what?" <laughs> um, question, and I'm sure I know the answer is probably effects and CGI and stuff like that. But how's the dragon? Intricate, beautiful. Uh, harnesses and reins and dragon riding equipment. Uh, Now it's like, hang the fuck on. Despite the fact that Tyrion designed the the contraption for Bran to ride a horse, you'd have thought that you would have had, there there would have been some kind of thing, wouldn't you? 
by now. I think it's such a good point because it's almost like, I mean, there's this theory with Game of Thrones that like, because the maesters like suppress magic that a lot of like civilian development just doesn't happen. Right. Like, I don't really know how their like irrigation system works, but it's Oh, I see. Like right. Okay. Yeah. That there's like a lot of technology. Sorry. There's a lot of technology that doesn't seem to work, but I just, yeah, they've invented a wheelchair and they go, I think with a dragon, let's just sit on the spikiest part. And just hold on. You'd like going vertical 700 foot in now the I air. will, I will say, um, first of all, foreshadow the great foreshadowing is Daenerys's dragons can't find anything to eat in the north they are yeah. they are like starving yeah yeah, yeah. The, the dragon the targaryen the fire is getting extinguished up in the north love that yeah however the sort of um whole new world thing that john and Daenerys do on the dragons i was just like <laughs> really doesn't make me feel anything it doesn't make me feel wonderment or whimsy i was just like what the fuck is this? I hate, I hate, this is what I don't naff, like about the show. A bit naff. Because um, I get it, I get it, but it's also like, couldn't, I get they've got a budget they need to, to spaff up the wall, but I'm like, could you not just do some like, Yeah. I just want to see Arya and Sansa hanging out or like Bran being like, oh my God, Arya, did you know that like, when Joffrey died, this happened or like, oh my God, do you yeah. want to see the explosion at the Sept of Baelor? Yeah, it was fucking, it if really I was Bran, off. Yeah. I'd be the equivalent of showing YouTube videos of like kittens exploding. I'd be like, guys, do you want to see something fucked up? <laughs> yeah. Or because the hound is in this episode, isn't he? He obviously yeah. comes to Winterfell. Yeah. I'd be like, do you guys want to see the hound get beaten up by Brienne? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Look at this. This is his thigh bone <laughs> sticking out of his like shorts. Yeah. Um, yeah, all of that. And uh, yeah, we've not we've not really touched upon that. The Hound, there was a great moment with the Hound and Brienne reuniting. And, and that, I loved that kind of like the sidebar of them being proud parents to Arya in some... some oh my some God, I love so, that. So good. Really, there really is good. a good line. Um, yeah, Arya, it's a really interesting Arya episode because she meets Gendry, John, the Hound, Brienne again. She meets Brienne in this episode, right? Yes. Episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're all kind of a bit like, whoa, we thought you were going to die. And she's like, no, I'm, I've just murdered like a ton of people. Yeah. But there's this really good line where the hound says to her, you left me here to die. And she goes, I robbed you first. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was brilliant. And, was then, some- and then, and then he goes, you're a cold little bitch, aren't you? I guess that's why you're still alive. And she's just a bit like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a bit of a, there had been a, there's definitely been a bit of a reset of, of Arya in between the end of season seven and season eight. They're shaping her up for... for she's Yeah, she's funnier. She's got a bit yeah. of back talk. There's the line between her and John where John was just like, uh, how, did you, how did you sneak up on me? She's like, how did you survive a knife through the heart? I, yeah, this is, this is something that I'm not into. Cause I'm like, when did she find that out? And also, yeah, when did that happen? Yeah. When is John going to, when it like, I would just love John to be like, um, I was brought back to life. I don't know either. Like, sis, I just sis, you'll never believe it. It was fucking mental. Because if she was like, well, I changed my face. Yeah. You She's would, like, you know. Yeah. He'd be like, honestly, the last thing I saw was Oliver. Then I woke up and the fuck it, there was a fucking red priestess there. I don't I know what naked. happened. And she's just naked. like, I know. She's like, I was blind for a day. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, but this is again, you just think Brown would be like, so how did he survive a knife through the heart? 
I'll yeah. show you. Yeah, exactly. And he needs like a sort of projector where he can just put it on the wall. Yeah, there needs to be yeah, a USB I, I do, port in the back of Bram. I, yeah. I do think there is a, a tendency with the show at this point where it's like, oh my God, we haven't even got time to get into this. Yeah. But I think John would find what Arya's been up to really fascinating. Yeah, 100%. And I, you know, the thing I miss, the thing I mourn is like, I, I just want an hour of her being like, and then... And you know what, was what the name of the guy that she killed in Bravos that Merrin Trant? Yeah. I'd love yeah, her just yeah. to be like, so I pretended I was an 11 year old girl yeah. and then, cause he's a nonce. And then I just like po- poked him in the eye and killed him. I'd love her to just, and him going, but also, oh, even, great, that. also even on a bigger scale, John, I got revenge for the death of mother and Rob. You know, well, yeah. Also, Rickon's dead. Has anyone yeah. told anyone yet? They've had. <laughs> but I think some so of that could have, you know, that could have been resolved. You know, there could have been like a cut mm. scene where you arrive and it's just like, and it's just like you catch the end of a conversation where you're just like, you fuck. How did you fucking swap your face anyway, yeah. Bran? You know that would, and that would have I been. I think that. I think they enough. should have done. I, I actually, yeah. lo- I would loved if they went to the Godswood, like big, big deal for the Starks. I'd love them to have been like. We miss Rob, we miss mum, we miss dad, yeah. we miss Rickon. Yeah, I, miss I just Rickon. love something. Yeah. It's weird that the like, I mean, Rickon, yeah. Rickon died like two weeks ago. <laughs> and they're just, no one's like, isn't there another one of us? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, you know, Rickon, like I've, we said this when we did season six, so young when he starts, they don't know what to do with him. I yeah. think the feeling is from the showrunners, like it's he's not going to, He's not going to kill the Night King, so let's not worry about it. Yeah, but yeah. Um, this is my one going to use my book card to say that the book, the the tease of where it's about to go with him is really exciting. Oh, is it? He's oh, been, okay. Oh, okay. He's been hidden by some secret Stark loyalists on Skagos, which is an island just off Hardhome, which is loyal to the oh. North. And they all are like crazy cannibals and they all, they're all like feral and Davos, uh, yeah, Davos, yeah. at the end of the last book, uh, is told by uh, the head of House Manderley, which is not my family, but uh, a similar yeah. family in the north. They said, look, yeah. go and, if you can find Rickon from the island of Skagos, you can find him, bring him. He's the heir to the north. Yeah. Very cool. We'll overthrow the Boltons. Oh, I think nice. that is very, very exciting. I will okay. really want to know where it goes. Um, oh, except, well, you, you'll never anyway. find out because it's never going to go. It's never going to write the fucking book. There's a um, fucking right. There's a fucking right. There's a right strike. Well, just, George R. R. Martin's been on right strike for he like organized 40 years. It. It's been it's been on since the last writer's yeah. strike. Probably um, said when. I know he has. He's literally <laughs> no. No one told him the previous <laughs> one had ended. We love you, George. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, George. Ah, oh, dear. Just finish the books, mate. Uh, We'll finish that. I just want to say just a big shout out. We've not mentioned Cersei. There was a great scene with Cersei um, where the Golden Army arrived and uh, there were no elephants. And she was, uh, she's her her palpable disappointment at the lack of elephants. Told there was going to be elephants. Told there were going to be elephants. Again, the Golden Company in the books are known to ride elephants into battle. So when everyone knew on the show, oh my God, the Golden Company are going to be on Game of Thrones, everyone was like, oh my God, they're going to have CGI elephants. And I loved that they just went, let's acknowledge that. (laughs) 
let's acknowledge the elephants, but not pay for the CGI. Um, right, goodness gracious me, 48 minutes, roughly. Absolutely just, justified. Just, yeah. Frankly. Uh, we're going to take, take a break, and when we come back, we're going to go straight into Season 8, Episode 2. This is what you asked for. You wanted every episode. You're getting every episode. So don't complain when you're getting 90-minute-long podcasts. See you in a second. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And in a new format, it's the second recap uh, from Season 8, Episode 2 of Game of Thrones from our sister podcast previously on. Jamie is hauled before Daenerys in the Court of the North to explain why he should be trusted and where the hell Cersei's army is. They were supposed to be joining forces. Jamie agrees he's been lied to as well, but he made a promise to fight for the living, so here he is. Tyrion leaps to his defence, but given he believes Cersei too, isn't given much of a hearing. Sansa joins in, condemning Jamie, reminding him of his actions in betraying her father, Ned. Jamie tries to defend himself, reminding everyone that they were at war at the time, but states that this fight goes beyond loyalty and is about survival. It mirrors a speech that Brienne, one of his only friends in the room, once gave to him, so she takes the opportunity to stand up for him and addresses Daenerys head-on, explaining how Jamie defended her against attackers which cost him his hand. Sansa questions whether she would fight alongside him. When Brienne says she would, Sansa accepts Jamie into the fold. John's asked about his feelings on the matter, but merely surmises they need every man they can get, so Daenerys relents. Preparations for the imminent battle are underway all over Winterfell. Moats and trenches are being dug, booby traps being laid, and soldiers are training hard. Gendry continues his role as Chief Smith, making weapons out of dragonglass. Arya asks for progress on the weapon she designed, and Gendry tells her she should be safer down in the crypt with the other women and children. You don't say that to Arya Stark, pal. Offended, she asks how bad the dead can really be. While Gendry reiterates that they're beyond anything he's ever seen, Arya shows her knife skills off by throwing daggers at a post with pinpoint accuracy, saying that she's seen death's face. Gendry's taken aback a bit and says he'll get on to making Arya's weapon pronto. 
In the Godswood, Jamie talks with Bran properly for the first time in an age and apologises for pushing him out of the window and crippling him in the very first episode. Bran reassures him he holds no anger towards him because without this chain of events, Bran wouldn't have become the Three-Eyed Raven. Jamie's mere culpa continues when he pledges his services to Brienne, who's taking charge of the left flank defence. This position's mentioned quite a lot, so it's probably important, and says it would be his honour to serve under her in the battle to come. Meanwhile, in Daenerys' quarters, Jorah explains why she should forgive Tyrion and Jamie for their past mistakes, as she once forgave him his. He says, as devastating as it was to lose the position of hand to the Queen, having Tyrion serve in the position is the better choice, as his mind is worth its weight in gold. Again, much like the left flank and the fact that we keep being reminded all the women and children are hiding in the crypt, Tyrion's great mind is brought up yet again. I guess we need to watch out for that. Daenerys meets with Sansa for clear the air talks, and they ultimately agree that Jon loves Daenerys and vice versa, despite his lack of height, and that this fight against the Night King is understandable, but what happens after that? Sansa starts to stake a claim for the North, but before things go south, they're interrupted with the arrival of Theon. He pledges his loyalty to the Queen and asks to fight for the Starks in the upcoming battle. Sansa embraces the man that freed her from the clutches of Ramsay Bolton with open arms. John is greeted by the returning forces of Ed, Beric and Tormund and they deliver the devastating news about the losses at the last half from the last episode. Tormund explains the dead will be at Winterfell by morning. In the war room, John explains the battle strategy to everyone, saying their best chance at winning is to get the Night King himself, hoping then that the undead will fall alongside him. Bran proclaims the Night King will come for him because he is the way of wiping out the memory of all men. He offers himself up as bait, waiting in the godswood in the hope that the Night King will expose himself open to attack, and Theon offers to guard him. Grey Worm and Missandei pretty much seal their fate by making plans to escape to the sunshine of Narth, Missandei's home, after the battle is over. I wouldn't print your boarding pass, mate. By a roaring fire in the meeting hall, Tyrion and Jaime discuss their past selves and are joined by Brienne, Podrick, Davos and finally Tormund. Tormund tells an amazing story about how he got the name Giant's Bane. It was by killing a giant when he was only ten years old and suckling at the teat of its widow for three months, making him strong. God, I love that man. Out on the walls, Arya and the Hound sit and talk and are joined by Beric. The Hound, as miserable as ever, bickers with him, and Arya says she's not going to spend her final hours with them and sets off back inside. While she's practising her archery, Gendry pops in to show her the weapon she ordered. Arya begins to question what Melisandre wanted with Gendry way back when. He explains she wanted his blood because he's the bastard of Robert Baratheon and got it by attaching leeches to his body. Arya asks if that was his first time with a woman. Flustered, Gendry answers no. She asks him how many other women he's been with. He again flusters before finally splitting out the number three, which probably means two, right lads? Arya, thinking that she'll probably die in the upcoming battle, decides she wants to lose her virginity before that happens, and in a rare Game of Thrones moment, a female finally has consensual intercourse on her own terms with someone she actually fancies. Bravo! Mm. Back in the meeting hall, the group talk about how many battles they've all been through and survived. Tyrion goes through everybody sat round and explains their victories in the field. When he gets to Brienne, he accidentally calls her Sir Brienne, correcting himself because females can't be knights. Tormund's offended and asks why she's not a knight, saying if he was a king he'd knight her ten times over. Jamie intervenes and explains that actually any knight can knight another person, before telling Brienne to take a knee and formally knighting her. 
in one of the best scenes in the whole of the goddamn series. Sir Brienne of Tarth, Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, rises, tears in her eyes and a big goofy grin on her face and is warmly congratulated by everyone in the room. Tyrion asks for a song to lift their spirits. One by one they decline until Podrick reveals a beautiful singing voice and sings a song called Jenny's Song, which is a teasing reference to Jenny of Oldstones. Aegon V's son, Duncan Targaryen, gave up his claim to the Iron Throne for Jenny's love. However, he died tragically at Summerhall when he tried to hatch dragon eggs and became a ghost that the song references. What can that mean? Hmm. In the crypt, in the crypt again, John's looking at the statue of Lyanna Stark. Daenerys appears and they begin to talk about her, and then John finally reveals his true parentage. Devastated and acting properly weird, Auntie Daenerys says he has a better claim to the Iron Throne than her, but before he gets a chance to respond, the warning horn is sounded three times. White Walkers. Ladies, gentlemen, and those of non-specific gender, it's time to brace yourselves. The Battle of Winterfell is about to commence. Okay, let's just jump straight in to episode two. What was this one called? This one A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, season eight, episode two. And it two. refers specifically to Brienne, who becomes... Oh, one of my favourite scenes the first in the whole lot. woman knight, which oh, I love. I loved... I just loved that they... I love the goofy smile that mm. they must have planned and she just couldn't... She was just like... <laughs> it was great. It's lovely. It's, it's lovely. And really I think like... Moment. Yeah, you know, definitely a sense that the show's trying to rectify a few of its attitudes, and you might, but you might um, argue that they she, fuck she, it up and then pretty soon as well again. With <laughs> what poor if the old... woman who can't have kids goes crazy? Yeah, yeah. But well, I think it's really nice, and this episode is very sentimental because everyone's kind of stuck at Winterfell. Everyone arrived last episode. Everyone's stuck there now, yeah. and all they've got. It's this last night before the end of the world. And, and as, I, as I've always said, Game of Thrones always does a great eve of war. Absolutely. Always and does. I, I'm really looking forward to talking about the battle. I think the battle itself is actually going to be really interesting. It's my favourite. It's one of my favourite episodes ever. I love But what it. I love about this episode is just everyone is... I mean, we go in being like, look, you're all going... Not all of you are going to die, but the mm. characters genuinely... I mean, Arya and Gendry have sex in this episode, which is really yeah. interesting. At the time, I felt like, oh, it's so like shipping different characters, like you know, like yeah. No, I get what you stuff. mean. It was just kind of like, oh, well, let's just have a bit of this. And a bit, you when know. I watched it, I was like, that's quite touching. Of course, you're drawn to him. Of course, you want to be the person you were when you met him. Who hadn't seen all this shit, and then they do this amazing reveal where you see all these scars on her body, and yeah. he kind of goes, "Whoa, what Jesus the fuck Christ. have you been yeah, up yeah, to?" Yeah, yeah, and it's really affecting that she's like. She doesn't want to be his woman, but, but she wants to have sex. Like but she, she doesn't want to die to, a virgin. Yeah. But she also is just like, look, I've never had a selfish moment my whole life. I've never been indulgent and I just want to be with someone. And it's yeah. it's really like poignant, I think. And yeah, I think yeah. there's so much like, I don't know if it's been like the pandemic, but like watching it, I was like, everyone is like on the edge here. Yeah. Um, even the Brienne and Jamie stuff, which I don't think is particularly well done. I think no. it's, they fall into this trap of like, everyone should have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Mm. Um, it's still, their connection does sort of shine through. And Yeah. 
I think you, it's th- a really sweet episode. It's just, it is, and and it's tender. You got you know you felt the impen- You felt the weight of what was happening. You know, you kind yeah. of. I, I watched it. I remember watching it for the first time, and watched it when I watched it again. I genuinely got that feeling of being tired, and it being like three in the morning, and kind of like mm. that feeling of kind of like I've got we've got a, a big day ahead tomorrow. It's we should get to sleep, but you know the adrenaline. It's like you know it's a kid at Christmas Eve. You just can't sleep, and you know it's. I loved it, and because. It's, it was just a great leveler, you know, as war tends to be, I guess. You know, they, they were all there, mm. especially the scene with Tormund drinking whatever the fuck it was from his, what is oh, it, all ferment, si- fermented yeah. used milk or something? What was it? It was something. It's like Tom from Succession's fermented German wine. It's, it's like dr- sort of northern. Tormund drank things that should necessarily ever be drunk. Um, I think so. There's a real. Um, recklessness to like everyone's just like fuck it and i just i just think this show like we've spent a decade with these characters and Mm. to have them all sitting around shooting the shit i'm like this is television to me like i love the next episode but i don't need like hollywood blockbuster cinematography fighting yeah you know especially when like i mean there's some of the logistics of this and I don't want to, next week, when I'm not going all in on like, well, they should have flanked on the left. Like, I don't know how to fucking no, fight I, a lot of dead no. people. But this is the stuff that really hits you in the heart, which is like all these people that are just going, I mean, the fact that Jamie's there, I thought on the first watch, I was like, you just need him there because he's got nothing to do in the South. But I believe him when he says he wants to fight for yeah, the living. I yeah, believe yeah, yeah. him yeah. when he feels that he needs to leave Cersei. It was, and it was a reward. It's, it's just such a rewarding episode for viewers, you know, because you're getting, it is, you know, and not casual viewers, although it's very difficult to be a casual viewer of Game of Thrones anyway, but, but for yeah. people, for people that feel for Brienne and have some sympathy and empathy for Jamie's, uh, you know, his, his kind of conflicts with Cersei, you know, it's just, it's nice to, to see, yeah these people share a moment together and, and just that feeling of this could be our last day on earth yeah. is, is something yeah. that it, because it's quite a primal thing, you know, we've all thought it, you know, if I, had, yeah. if I, if you only had 24 hours left on earth, what would you do? And it turns yeah. out. And just where would you go mentally with you'd people be with that you're people. with on that last day? Yeah. I mean, you you'd, just would, op- you just, just let it out. And I think, yeah, I thought the whole thing about, um, I don't know, like, I remember watching it and thinking when Tyrion's like, why can't a woman be a knight? I was like, is that really what your character would say? I I always felt it was so forced that the writers were like, what if everyone on the show is actually a feminist? But then I watched it and I was like, are we, this show taught us to be scared of everything and Mm. frightened of everything and everyone in it is evil. And I just wonder if the show's pivot to a sort of kinder world is just jarring for us because we're so used to this show just treating everyone like shit. Yeah. That when they all go, hey, you are just as good as any of us. You should have equal rights. I know it seems on the nose, but you. when I watched it in this, this last time, I was like, I have the capacity to take this, to meet this sentiment where it is, which is... Yeah. Yeah, okay. 
Whereas I think the first time around, I was like, in a in a society as this, the woman, she would be cleaning the toilet. And I just thought like, oh, yeah. what a load of bullshit that they'd all change their prerogative on the night of this. But I think just everyone I, was just paying it. respects to each other, paying, you know, paying their respects. And you had it from everybody. Each, it wasn't yeah, just the, yeah. in that room. You had, you had Gilly. There was a nice moment with Gilly. Um, with that kid, the, the young kid that was going to be brave and wanted to fight and Gilly was just like, no, oh my God, yeah. you're better. I, you know where you, I need someone like, I need someone brave. Like she was a bit Kate Middleton. I need someone brave like you in the looking <laughs> after us women. You know, that kind of thing was, 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 was really, I completely forgot about the Gilly scene. I have to say. Yeah. It was really nice. It was just a nice little but moment. But it is good. I do remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And which, and it was slightly reminiscent. It was also, rem- it showed how different it was from the last time that there was a war, the, like the Battle of Blackwater, and 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 people being cooped up in the back, um, was was so different in terms of mood with with Cersei, uh, with the with the milk of the thistle and stuff like that, milk of the poppy or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. There was, and everyone had a moment. Grey Worm and Missandei were planning their abandonment to Benidorm. You know, once this is all out, you know, won't you and I just go somewhere hot? Um, yeah, we can work remotely. Was there sort of. <laughs> exactly. Um, that was it. That, that was the that was the Tormund thing where he told the story about a giant shagger I suckled at the teat for three months. That was that. That was like it, yeah. It was, uh, and everyone's a bit like freaked out by it. it's a bit like I don't know if you've ever been on a stag do where everyone just starts sharing stories after a few drinks and yeah. everyone's like sharing conquests and then like, someone and comes was, out with this Oh, there was the time story. when I ate a turd and it's like, what? Yeah, and Hold you're on. just like, oh. someone's like, yeah, I wanked in front of a dog and you're like, what? <laughs> we are, we're not all yeah. at that point. <laughs> you're, four, you're four shots ahead of us. Yeah, yeah. someone just comes out with a thing where they're like, yeah, I just love it when people get hit by buses and you're like, what? <laughs> we were just talking about like kissing people. Yeah. Like... <laughs> consensually and you're like whoa you know there's always someone and that was Tormund just yeah. being like yeah exactly just, just sucking a giant's teeth there's, we but, did get we did get a little bit of plot development as well or, or at least some kind of explanation so mm. Bran did go into oh we did yes the Bran war did, room sort of situation yeah, yeah and exactly why the Night King was doing what he was doing which is which I'd kind of we, I mean we mentioned it and stuff but he, he, he went he went into it, it, you know, all the Night King wants is an endless night. Um, I am the I am yeah. the world's memory, and that's what death is to him: is getting rid of those memories. So, like you were right, you know, it's about getting rid of the memories of men, so that so that no stories. It's, it's really interesting. I remember at the time being like, "Oh, they've just dropped this in," but you know, we talked about this. I think when we did season six or seven, that actually a lot of the show makes because. A lot of the show makes sense when you realise he's after the three-eyed raven and mm. that three-eyed raven has changed. Yeah. All this time, they've not been coming south. They've been circling where the three-eyed raven is, yeah. trying to find trying him, to, find to eliminate him. him. Yeah. Bran goes, he dies, transfers the knowledge, Bran goes south and they come with him. Yeah. Because I think the thing that people thought for the longest time was like, how fucking long does it take to get south? But they weren't going they weren't south trying to get until south. Bran came he's back. He's not trying to get on the throne. He doesn't give a shit about no, the throne. He's yeah, not, he's he's trying not, to he doesn't care about the Iron he's, Bank. He's yeah. not coming for Cersei, actually, yeah. when you think about it. Yeah. So I found that really, really interesting. Yeah. And it really does change the show. And now I think the White Walker stuff generally suffers from, like, they don't say a word. They don't have any th- real feelings. Yeah. 
But this episode with Bran, they had to. They figured out that like they had to use Bran as a sort of piece of meat and and put him in the God's Wood. Yeah, Theon's like. I mean, it, well, because otherwise, I'm, Bran would have just been locked in the in the room in the crypt with with Sansa and Gilly and and and, yeah. and all the kids. But you know the crypt that you know. There's like a levity locked door. I'm like, I don't, if the white walkers can find the way in, they can yeah. fucking kill him and have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know when you're just like, it's not like you just have to walk into one room. It's a fucking castle. Yeah. yeah. I do think like, I'd sort of love to watch just a camera and all of them going like, have you tried this door? Just like, yeah, where, just like, like an aerial, it? just an aerial shot of them opening cupboards and looking under yeah, beds. And yeah, yeah just, just like, is, is, and, oh, I'm stuck. Cause you know, he's got this mark like, on his arm. Like fucking so this, the little white walkers walking down like Scooby-Doo and there's like John and, and, and I, they're in like, <laughs> night, like armor, just like way. standing there just like. <laughs> Brands in like under like a giant vase. Yeah, Tablecloth, like, like, like holding, yeah, holding <laughs> banana with an apple on his head. Yeah. And his like squeaky wheels, like tick, tip <laughs> him off. But this is the thing, cause the, he has the marks so that the white walker can find him in like a GPS sense. Mm. But if he's like, which of these nine doors yeah, is he going to be behind? Yeah. Um, but the thing is, you know, again, it, I don't really think the payoff works uh, next episode, but Theon is like, what if me and the Ironborn, who have only just decided to follow me, yeah. protect you and us alone? And everyone's yeah, like, th- that's, th- yeah, but that's I, a good I, idea. I think, yeah, I think, I think, Not I think, hater just being like, yeah, yeah I think, I, I, th- I think that was there purely as a service to, they have to do something with Theon. They wanted mm-hmm. Theon to have a fully redemptive arc. And he does have that. He has one of the best deaths in, in I, I, I love it. One of the most significant. The show would not work the exactly. way it did without him doing what he did. Exactly. I, so I think, yeah, I think you're right. Um, and, it, and and also it, is, it solves the problem. It's just like, well, we've got Theon here. What's he going to do? Is he just yeah. going to be another Jorah? <laughs> you know, is he just going to be kind of in the mix? If I was Bran, who ran away from home because Theon and the Ironborn murdered all of my family. Yeah. And and then pretended I was burnt alive. And he goes, "Hey, Brian, me and the Ironborn are going to look after you." I'd be like, um, don't, you, "Don't you worry, son." It's like, uh, can I just about, have the Hound as well? Yeah, can I have any of the fifty people that have turned up? Jamie, yeah. John would be good. John would be great. Um, yeah, Arya, who's like, she you know she can like sneak up on people. They're like, no. What if Theon, who Bear in mind, was castrated like 18 months ago. Yeah. Briefly thought he was a, a slave called Reek. And ha- I think that's like a few fingers missing. He's like, I'll be the one to defend I'll you. I'll protect like, you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for giving me a lift to the bus stop in your car yeah. that doesn't work. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm just looking through my list of list of other stuff. That- one of the big thing, one of the big things in this episode um, that again, I don't, I don't think it really is particularly well done. It is the Daenerys Sansa clash. Yeah. Sansa's decided recently and I can't trace it, but she's decided the North should be an independent nation and there's conflict there. And I, I always found this a very odd I get it in principle, but I'm like Daenerys it does have two dragons and it's a bit like the way that she's deferential to Sansa is quite interesting. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's probably for John's benefit. I think, I think, I guess, I guess that the whole North as an independent state, I think it's, it's quite a little fingery kind of like she has, mm. she has. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
that's something that he would whisper in her ear at some point. But it makes a lot of sense because it it solves all of the the discord between the Mormons and and whatnot. It's like okay. The North will be separate. We'll be like the Monaco in the middle of like, or the Vatican City in the middle of middle of Rome or whatever. Um, and she's also kind of saying to Daenerys, like, I'm going to give you one big problem that you don't have to worry about. Because the North is gigantic yeah, compared yeah. to the other. You deal with kingdoms. you deal with all the rich sunshine states yeah. down at the bottom Just with like, the dragons. We don't have nice wine. Yeah. We're miserable, yeah, and you exactly. never have to visit. Yeah, you never have to come here. Just leave us to it. It's kind of like how the Queen is was sort of like in charge of Australia, but they were like, "Leave it to us." Yeah, don't come over. It's the flight, and she's it's, it's too yeah. long. Yeah, she's like, "I can, are you guys good?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, we're we're fine. We've got you know bananas growing, or whatever. I don't know. But Do they grow end... bananas in Australia? Do they have bananas in Australia? I would imagine so. that was the first thing I thought of with with Aust- what's they eat in Australia. What's their like fruit? Vegemite. What? Do they're they not have like a pineapple? They have pineapples in Australia. <laughs> what do you mean, like natively growing the fruit? Yeah. What's the thing oh, that I they see. grow in Australia? Like oh, what do they grow? Coconut? No. What, no. Not coconut. <laughs> what is happening? I've never been before. Have you I taken a drink? Like, no. Well, I had a drink earlier, but not. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. How is that? What fruit grows? I don't know why we're talking. What fruit grows? I'm typing, by just, the way, in Australia. I uh, think we should do more evening podcasts because I think the vibe is quite is, good. This is, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, do they have any native fruits? Um, what fruits grow naturally? Australia grows a wide range of deciduous fruits, including apple, pear, grape, nashi, nashi, I guess. I've never heard of that before. Of course, kiwi fruit would be New Zealand. Surely. Yeah. God, Maybe. the answer was anyway, right in the face. That was a little sidebar there. Um, Anyone does have any thoughts on that? Yeah, Dragoncast at um, But yeah, I, I, I don't love the Sansa Daenerys stuff. I think they're both, it's a bit, it's a bit forced. But but, it, but you can tell that they've gone, right, here's where we went, here's where we want yeah. to end. We want to end with yeah. Sansa as the Queen of the North. We 100%. want to end um, uh, with Bran as Bran the Thinker, a storyteller. What was the... Brand the broken. Brand the broken. Yeah. Um, so we need to kind of start shaping them into into that, and and you know, and I wonder if 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 Tyrion's idea for Brand the Broken stems from this night, from when Bran told the story of why the Night King in front of in front of Tyrion mm. as to yeah, why the Night King's right. coming, because because he holds all the stories of of the world. That was just a little observation uh podrick ended um this ended as ended with a song was it jenny was a friend of mine or was that the killers jenny of old stones I jenny of old jenny song. was a friend of mine that was the killers uh yes. jenny of old stones <laughs> love that song good song pa, yeah he does this song um Lovely and then voice. florence and the machine covers it in the credits ah. it was really it was released i think they released it and it did really well um, it's all just got this incredibly harrowing atmosphere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you think, okay, I mean, we'll kind of maybe get into this next week, but like, I thought more people would were about to die than die. Well, I mean, this was the thing, this is the same, we, we mentioned Avengers Endgame earlier on as well, and same thing with that. It's like, you you think, you you look at it and you go, okay, this is the last, this is the last season. There's going to be no more. Mm. It doesn't really matter. You know, I mean, in, in, they've not got to service a plot past this. Surely, 
for devastating effect, they're going to sigh through half of this cast. Literally. I mean, Brienne would have been a good one to kill off. Because well, there's a Jorah lot of resolution. Did, you know, who did, who, did, who did we lose? We lose Jorah. That was Jorah, Theon. Theon. Uh, oh, Lyanna Mormont, bless her. Ah. She literally gets like punched in the entire body by a giant, doesn't she? she yeah, it was after, after stabbing it in the eye. It so. sort of falls on her. Yeah. It's yeah. awful. Um, um, let's, let's just, let's jump ahead and just see who does die in the next episode. Uh, oh, Melisandre does die. She sort of like but that, takes her necklace off. Oh, and that was... Off and crumbles away. Was that in this episode or the end episode? No, so I'm just saying in the next episode. In the next I'm, episode, I was like, who, yeah. who are we about to lose? Who are we yeah. about to lose? So, um, so yeah, but, but, but yeah, I would, ex- I expected Brienne, you know, I kind of, I thought, are we going to lose one of the Stark kids? You know? Um, I thought, yeah, yeah. Bronn? This is the thing, I think, like, Bronn is a, a Bronn, absolutely. It's like. The biggest loser of this season, Grey right? Worm, they, you know? I thought Grey Worm could have been a good one here. Yeah, you because know, the thing about Grey Worm is he's like a really good loyal foot soldier. Yeah, but Daenerys has bigger characters supporting her that can be her kind of yeah. army man. Yeah, he would be a good loss, but I guess Jorah is the loss of of that sort of part. Yeah, of which makes life. sense, and it is it is sad. But I thought there'd have been a bit more. I thought Brienne would have been a really smart one to kill off after being knighted. Dying a knight yeah. is so much better than living as someone who's not been given that. Yeah, status. yeah, yeah. But you know, they 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 didn't sort of. Well, they, if they, they ever were, remake they it, were, if they ever remake it, we can be the showrunners. I think they were a little cagey about it, and they. Yeah. Thought, but um, there was a, there was this, also sorry, Karen. sorry. Uh, you go. go. Well, I was going to say there was also the, you know, the the, the accumulation of this episode was that was that. Um, oh my god! That John revealed to Daenerys that who who the fuck he was, and Daenerys turned it into a sex sex a, 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 yeah a gender war. Um, yeah. Rather and than then the fucking horn blows, it's like it yeah. is actually. I mean, I remember that I was as one of the biggest cliffhangers because I was like, fuck yeah, and also I, I, the horn blew, and I was just like. They haven't had any sleep at all. <laughs> They're all literally still pissed. awake, just drinking fucking giant's milk or whatever it is. Um, and Gendry must be knackered. Yeah. So, the, the, so this, do you feel, I, I want to, my, my feeling is by this point on the rewatch, I'm sort of like, Daenerys has absolutely lost it. Yeah. That, but yeah, the first time around, I was like, what's going on with her? But I think this time, once you know where it goes, it does feel like it is falling into place in a more satisfying way. Yeah. It's, as I've always said, the signs for Daenerys were always there. Yeah. They were always there. I think, like you say, the first time you watch it, because you're not looking out for that stuff. You're not looking mm-hmm. out for the subtleties. You're looking for the thought, big, big moments. I think we thought the show was, it was about her. And it, yeah. it still is. It still is about her, but in it death, yeah. it's it's about her. The fact death, that she too. turned out not to be, you know, was the, was the biggest plot twist of, of the But movie. I think there's a lot of, I mean, I don't know how much room next week we can talk about it or on next episode about all the prophecy stuff, but there's all this stuff in the books that well, let's, touched on in the show about Azor Ahide. Yeah, Prince you know, I was promised. reading about, like, well, let's make it, let's make it, let's, let's have let's a- Let's do a little corner for that next episode. And if episode. anyone's got any- if you're listening, I hope you're listening. Because uh, that's where people 
I think it's what people like, were cross about. Wait, what does this any of this mean? Why is there a red to... comet in the sky? Where's the what has happened to that? What are the unanswered questions of Game of Thrones for the prophecies? Get in touch. Let us know at the usual places. Yeah, I think people. I think I'd really like uh, listeners to just let us know what are some of the unanswered things about this season hmm. as it touches on those areas, but also just in the interest of both sidism. What are the most satisfying moments for you? Because I yeah. think like, yeah, my thing is just the scope of things that aren't addressed. I mean, like Sam gives Jorah his father's Valyrian steel sword in this episode. Yeah. Um, you know, John has long claw, but like none of it really matters because they don't use it to kill the Night King. And it's sort of like, I remember in the lead up to this season, there was guy articles online that were like, where are all the Valyrian steel swords? Who's got them? Yeah. Cause it was like, this is really important. And it's like what they re- what they decided sort of late in the game is if you kill the night King, everything ends. And so you don't need six Valyrian steel. Swords, no, really. Yeah. And dragon fire is effective until it isn't. Yeah. It Brand became, it became this, just not effective. Oh, it doesn't work. They after, say in this after episode, all that, it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, but they say in this episode, like, well, what if we just burn in with dragon fire? And Bran just, goes, I don't know. It's never happened before. Yeah, it's it's like, sorry. Been tried. Yeah. You can view everything that's ever happened ever. And you're like, sorry, file not found. Yeah, exactly. Like, four why four. do we yeah. put him in rice? <laughs> just turn him off and turn him on again. He's not working. Yeah. Um, but, but the, the, the but, reveal. But I don't want to be too. I don't want to be too. Crushed. No, but the reveal didn't go too well. Um, it was quite an underwhelming reveal as well. Like, like this was I R and that. this was R and L equals J. R and L equals J. R and L equals J. Yeah. Which was like the big, 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 big moment. And I know there's been like this was probably like the third time. You know, there's the time that Sam and uh, Bran discovered it. There was the time that yeah they told that Sam told John. There was the, was the moment time. that. Bran saw it in season six. There's yeah. the moment that Sam's found out in season seven. And then season eight, we find out that Bran and Sam put their heads together. And so it do, it's taken a minute in like two seasons. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, it's just, it does feel a bit underwhelming the way that the show deals with it. They haven't got time. That's the one thing I would, I just want more time seven eight episodes would be good i the the thing about it is and i mean you know i just want to reiterate that like re-watching this season i just i love where this season goes good but what i think the show maybe didn't count on at the time was that these episodes are bigger are as good as or bigger than the battles i could have another episode of people figuring shit out yeah no, I get that. Although nearest yeah. going through, you know, maybe it would have been overkill. Although on know, the flip maybe. side, the long night is a very different episode. Yes, but it's it's the money shot in a lot of ways, and it's also yeah. arguably what should have been the last ever episode of Game of Thrones. Well, it definitely, yeah, yeah. We talked about this in a previous episode yeah. about how maybe the Cersei stuff should have been resolved first. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred fucking. Because after this, you're just like, why does any of this matter? It all feels but, like an epilogue after mm, after this. Um, very, I mean, it must. I think it must be on some level a spreading the budget out thing where we're like, we need to do this in episode three. Yeah, maybe. 
think it must be. Yeah. But I do yeah. think, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I'm, I've only seen this episode that we're going to see next. I've only seen it once. I caught it once in the interim during lockdown, I think on, on, on Sky when it was just like, it's on constant rotation on there. Really? And I was just like, oh, I've settled really? in. I've just watched the last half hour of this. It's like mm-hmm. a video game. Um, it's, it's. I think actually having seen The Last of Us, I think we're going to quite enjoy that even more. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I, I've always video. I've always loved it. I thought it was just one of the most brilliantly choreographed, exciting. Mm. I, I also think, knowing what happens makes enjoying it a bit easier like because yeah. i i think you watch it going well why didn't aria get killed i mean what i do remember is her running through the library or the study or whatever it is yeah is absolutely amazing yeah just just brilliant. there's loads it's all yeah. good it's all good but, it's fab yeah so that's the next well we'll do three and four i guess because i think four there's not a lot to talk about we lose derek don Der- derek <laughs> we lose Barry don we lose Barrett Don Darian. Derek Bombarian. <laughs> You're like that guy from Phone Hacker. Is he still what, with us? You... Or is he gone Derek, now? Barrett. Has Barrett died yet or is he still with us? I think he dies in... No, he's still with us because he killed the Umber Kid, didn't he, with his flaming sword. We lose, him, did, in the... yeah, we lose yeah. him in the battle, don't we? That's right, yeah. 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 I'm so glad we're back in the... Uh... I know, and but it, once you're back in, you're just oh, like, God, I could, let's just watch episode three Exactly. Now. Let's just um, have a quick, let me just check the old comments and see, uh, it's, been, it's been a while. Uh, let's just yeah. see uh, what people have said. Um, as ever, if you want to get in touch, just uh, you can either comment on the underneath the YouTube, we do read them, or give us a tweet, dragoncast underscore pod on Twitter, or mm-hmm. email dragoncast at daftdoris.com. Come. Okay, okay, okay. Let's go. We're getting quite a lot of uh apologies. If you're listening on YouTube, um I wasn't aware that the volume has been so low on the vast majority oh. of our YouTube clips. So I'm really sorry about that. That's just um that's just me. I apologize for that. But hopefully that's all been sorted out now. Thanks, Arthur. Uh Christina, God this me, it's been a long time since uh, the Dragon and the Wolf, Christina Borden. I had to switch from Spotify to YouTube just to watch Chris turn five shades of red when Jamie starts talking about Theon's clitty thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I did. That was, we've done so many podcasts together, Jamie. That was one of the worst things you've ever said. And I was so not expecting it. <laughs> I just completely... I, I didn't know what to do. Amazing. Also, I sometimes forget these are being recorded. So, like, what people are getting is pure, untapped Chris reactions. <laughs> oh, dear. There's plenty more oh. where that came from. Thank you very much. Um, oh, my God. Uh, the Sayadina said, I'm very late to this episode, so apologies. This is in reference to the Winds of Winter, Season 6, Episode 10. Regarding RNL equals J book show, the book's first. The Tower of Joy is a recurring memory dream of Ned's and appears halfway yes. through the first book. Seven of Ned's men versus three Kingsguard, including the Lord Commander of the KG and Rhaegar's BFF, Sir Arthur Dane, the Sword of the Morning, yes. one of the best swordsmen of the... Oh, my, oh, I'm going to say, Christ, he's written, he's written a whole fucking yes, essay Yes, this here. is... Sir Arthur Dane is, like, one of the best there is. Yeah. And the story is that Ned defeated him. And the point of the flashback is, uh, the Tower of Joy flashback, is that he sort of ganged up on him. It was him and Robert Baratheon. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Ned's got this kind of shame that he did best this guy, but sort of in quite ungentlemanly yeah. fashion. Um, not to talk over uh, that very sort of um, 
long comment, but I just, just to sort of like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. you're reading it literally right now. I'm just sort of like giving you a bit of, of background. Um, I'm not going to read it out because it's, it's you've and thank you so much for writing it because you've written a, basically a, a fantastic essay there. Go and have a look at it. It's in the comments of season six, episode ten, Winds of Winter on our YouTube page. But it goes into the whole backstory of R and L equals J. It's really really interesting. That's thank what's you. really hard about you know the show approaching it is that as as uh, as he said, like a lot of this is Ned's interior dialogue about his yeah and so then you can't do it like that in season six because you're like well he's not been around for a minute so um we kind of got it through bran which is really clever um yeah i love that thanks for thanks for that comment so that's it that's it uh season eight episode one and two are done next time uh next week i'm gonna say next week we promise um is uh, is going to be season eight, episodes three and four, the long night, and we'll see the one called. Um, is the last of the Starks the is episode Starks. four? Amazing, amazing. So that's I'm I'm already looking at my diary to make sure we've got time in to do it next week. Well, we've got a big. I've already seen the episode of Succession that we're going to be doing. I know. Well, we were going to do a tea. We were going to do. I know. I was so cross because I watched it and I was like, oh, shit, I can't do the teaser about the. I can't realistically yeah, do the, the reaction it. about the trailer. Um, it's fine. It's fine. Um, no, we've got that on Monday and got two more to go. Exactly. We'll get it done. But you've, I just, I was texting you and you were like, it's not giving anything away. Not giving anything but away, you were but the finale is very excitable. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> it is Jamie. nasty. Does does shit go down? Is shit it like... goes down. Oh my god, it's fucking crazy this show though. Because like you think you know how much shit is going to go down, and then more shit goes down. Yeah. In 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 way like I just can't get my. Head. <gasps> I'm so excited. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I felt like this with Game of Thrones first watch uh, and Succession and all the things that we've watched together, but all the other things I. I'm so excited! Exciting, fucking hell! So join us if you're if you if you're with us for the Sound of Succession. We'll see you Monday. If you're with us just for Thrones, sorry it's been so long, but we're back, baby. We're back, back, back. We've got two more episodes of this to do, which is really sad. It's um, really, really sad, and we're going to miss it when it's gone. But this is our penultimate we'll- record. Uh, because the because we're going to do a live. We're going to do the live one for for episodes five and six. And we're going to do two episodes live. Yeah, which is crazy. It's going to be great. Uh, so we and, have to figure that out logistically because we want people to watch it with us. Yeah, I think yeah we'll work and it out. get involved. Yeah, we can't just do it on a Monday afternoon. No, no, we'll do our, it. We'll do in it in our pants. We, we need to we need to bring people with us. People. You know what? We've timed it quite well. Actually, the break, what the break has served us is the fact that mm-hmm. we could do it on a Monday evening because there we won't could. be a, any succession on. Ah, that is a good point. Uh-huh. A sh- a shiv That's a very shiv. Yeah. No, but I've been doing this. I've been doing this well. since. Going, huh. Huh. Uh-huh. I, it's awful, isn't it? Yeah. But I do it. And as soon as you popped <laughs> it, I was like, Right. That. We will see you now. See you on Monday uh, for Succession uh, and later on in the week for three and four of uh, Game of Thrones. Until Can't then, Drakaris.
Dracarys, my friend. If you'd like to get involved in the podcast, just head over to Twitter at DragonCast underscore pod or email DragonCast at DaftDoris.com and leave us your Easter eggs, predictions and thoughts on the show. You can also watch this episode over on our YouTube channel. Just search for DragonCast Jamie East. Any support, whether it's a follow, a share, a mention to your friend on the bus or a tattoo on your backside is very much appreciated. DragonCast is hosted by me, Jamie East, along with Chris Mandel, and is a Daft Doris production. Dracarys. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.